0: If they are individuals, again, who have bad character or in that survival brain or are just truly selfish individuals and they don't have that self-awareness, they don't want to work on themselves, they don't want to improve themselves, they just want to either look good or be comfortable, it is difficult to have a healthy relationship.
1: Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do if you're stuck in a horrible marriage and your spouse will not change.
0: It's a really long title for a really important topic.
1: It is. This
0: one's a little bit of a rant, I think. So (laughs) It's a good rant. Buckle up, get ready, and we hope this is helpful for anyone who's listening. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I have one.
1: You have one What? One wife. Uh, idea. I do have one <laughs> wife.
0: I have an idea for today's uh, topic, but it's been something I've been wrestling in my brain and I might need to wrestle with it out loud here. Okay. And if it totally goes off the rails, we just won't release the podcast. Okay. And nobody will ever know. And nobody will know. It's this idea of being stuck in a horrible marriage because your spouse will not change. Mm. This is a reality for millions of couples right. out there. Right. They, they. One person. Let's let's pick one of them. I'm. We're not going to put genders here because it's it's not a gender specific thing. I do think it skews one way or another. Sure. But this isn't a male female thing. This is. I want a better marriage. I am willing to work on my marriage. I'm willing to work on my spouse, on myself, but my spouse has no desire to work on themselves. My spouse is defensive. My spouse is unaware. My spouse is angry and bitter. My spouse is retaliatory and trying to get even. My spouse is actively trying to hurt me. My spouse obviously doesn't care about me.
1: Or my spouse thinks everything's great and nothing needs to change when that's not necessarily the case.
0: My spouse is just selfish. They don't care that I'm hurting. Right. And they just want to do whatever they want to do. And this is a painful reality for millions of individual people who are stuck in bad marriages. This isn't even a marriage problem. This is a people problem because the marriage isn't in crisis. It's actually one one person is in crisis and the other person's either just pissed or oblivious. Right. And this has been probably one of the biggest struggles as we are trying to put together programs and resources and tools for couples that want to work on their relationships right because there is a large number of of marriages that are so unequal in this
1: right we, we get a lot of people who say if will this work if i'm just the only one right
0: doing it right and i have been trying to figure out an answer to that this Believe it or not, again, this is the weirdness, that is me. This keeps me up at night. This is a real problem in the world that I am trying to solve. Because if we could solve this one problem, do you know how many millions of people we would make happy? For sure. Do you know how amazing relationships could become and how the world could be transformed if we could get crappy people to stop being so crappy? (laughs) Right. But here's the problem. I don't think there is a solution. There isn't some sort of magic formula. There isn't some three step book I can write that will give you the, the magic fairy tale words that are going to finally sink into your obnoxious husband's head. And he's going to go, oh my gosh, I finally see the light. Right. You, have, you have changed me, my blessed wife. Thank you for helping me see the error of my ways. And I am a reformed man. And now I love you deeply with all of my heart. I'm just going to completely change my character. I don't think that book exists because I don't think that concept exists. It's actually called magical thinking. Right. People are messed up. People are just crappy spouses because they've probably gone through all sorts of crappy things in their life and they've created survival strategies in their brain. And it makes it difficult for them to think about the needs of other people. Right. Because they are just doing their best to survive and keep their head above water. Right. And they'll do a variety of things. They'll just do anything they can to make themselves feel good or look good. So the first category, feel good, I'm just going to get drunk at night, I'm just going to take drugs, I'm just going to party or play video games or be on my phone or a thousand different things that it's just, I just want to feel good. Right. And that means I'm going to forget about all the other Everybody else. requirements, responsibilities that I have. And so if my wife needs something, it's in the way of me feeling good. So she's the problem now because I want to feel good. Right. Or the kids are bothering me right now. They got, you know, I can't believe I got to go change their diaper. You go change it because I just want to keep playing my video game. Right. Here. There's that that comforting. I want to feel good, or I want to look good, and so that is I'm going to be selfish in a way that uh, I have the the greater position at work, or I have more money, or I look better in certain ways, or other people think think about this of me, and I'm gonna make sure I lie about who I am, right? And,
1: or, and or, no one know, sees the real me, right? Or or you have the expensive car and all the all the extra boats yep. and things yep. like that. And at the cost of your financial.
0: Yeah, you guys are in debt up into your yes. eyeballs. Yes. You're not paying your bills. It's causing financial stress. But there's also again, just the emotional thing of, uh, I everyone else thinks I'm charming and wonderful, but behind closed doors, I am a jerk. I am right. not a very loving wife. I'm a horrible husband. I'm mean and bitter and angry and, and harsh and abusive and all these other things. But Nobody else sees it. Right. Because I want to make sure that I look, look good. good. Yeah. This is the reality of the world out there. And so I'm going, what do you do with this with these marriages? How do you help these people who are stuck in these situations? Right. And I have an answer finally. Oh, you do? I actually do. Well,
1: I I'll come back to your to your answer because I have just a few little thoughts okay. about that. Please I th- do. I think I think this one is a really hard one for for my Christian upbringing and my Christian values and, yeah. and that. And because, you know, I grew up where uh divorce was not OK, except yeah. for under two circumstances, right. which one was, you know, um, infidelity, infidelity. And I can't even remember what the other one was. Was there another reason? I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> if you're unequally yoked. So yeah. meaning that. You're a believer and yeah. your spouse is not All this blah Christian-y blah blah. Yeah. Yes. And which is important to me. Yeah. But it left a very big gaping hole on I when I'm seeing um, friends of mine who are married and are in um, emotionally abusive relationship yeah. and I'm going, Well, no, it's not okay for you to leave your husband.
0: Yeah.
1: That, yeah. That's not Against that doesn't fall into the the realm and so yeah. so for me this is a real difficult one because i want us to find things to help those marriages yeah. because marriage is such a sacred thing to me sure. but sometimes those marriages can't be helped yeah. and that's where i'm like but how, where where does that how does that fit into what the bible says you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and so that's where my my little struggle yeah. lies in that and and it's, it tears at my heart yeah. so if you have if you came up with a solution I want to
0: hear it. Do you? I do. Well we should you know make everyone wait for the solution right now and say <laughs> see you next time leave everyone like a cliffhanger like they did in the bad 80s sitcoms. Right? There's a phrase I learned early in my career which is the healthiest people tend to have the healthiest relationships Right. If you don't have healthy people if they are individuals, again, who have bad character or in that survival brain or are are personality disordered or are just truly selfish individuals and they don't have that self-awareness, they don't wanna work on themselves, they don't wanna improve themselves, they just wanna either look good or be comfortable, it is difficult to have a healthy relationship. It's it's like having a tree that's diseased and you want really healthy fruit, but it's it, the whole tree is diseased. You're never going to have good results, good consequences if the roots are bad. Right. And so what do you do? What is the solution to this? And I believe it or not, I've had the solution for several years now. I just never put two and two together because I'm kind of dense and not that smart and took me a while to figure it out oh
1: this is going to be so good
0: <laughs> maybe i'm making it bigger than it, it actually no, is no because
1: i believe that about it all the things that you have come up with whether that's our marriage stuff or yeah. it a whole yeah. slew of things that
0: yeah here's here's the answer we won't keep everyone waiting There is a book that was written several years ago called Never Split the Difference by uh, Christopher Voss. He was an FBI hostage negotiator. And he was called in when horrible people are doing horrible things to get their way. Does that sound like a lot of marriages right now? <laughs> yes. He had to deal with psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists, uh, mentally unstable people who felt that like their only resort was to kidnap another human being and put a gun to their head and say, do what I say or else I'm going to harm this person. Mm-hmm. Talk about an immature way of solving their problems. Right. Talk about it in an effective way because it, it never works out. Right. Good. But how do you talk to somebody who is being an unbelievably selfish jerk and threatening terrible things. How do you communicate with them? How do you get them to do what you want? Because his job was to, I got to get this person to do what I want so that they will release the hostages. Mm -hmm. Again, I think they named the title Never Split the Difference because you can't negotiate and come to a compromise. You know what? You keep half the hostages and release the half the hostages and we'll call it good. That's a good compromise, right? You get what I want and I get what I want. You can't do that. You have to get everything. And so you can't split the difference. You have to go for it all. And the number one tool that he uses to be able to get these selfish, narcissistic, horribly terrible character people to listen and engage with with him as he's negotiating was called tactical empathy. Mm. His job was to get them talking and talking and talking more. His job was to be able to communicate back to them their greatest need better than they could do it themselves. Mm. What never worked, and again, this is the connection I'm making in marriage, what never worked was the old tactic of negotiating, which was, listen, you are you are asking unreasonable demands, Mr. sociopath. Um, you're in a place that's never gonna work, and we've got more gun power than you than you do. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna stand out here until you give in. I'm gonna force you to do what I want.
1: Yeah, that was
0: the old tactic of hostage negotiation was trying to overpower them and so many marriages end up in that power struggle over and over. Now, again, let's put some genders in here. When the husband is being the unreasonable, selfish, hurtful person, so often the wife goes, I have got to overpower him because he's trying to overpower me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to pick any one of a thousand things. I'm going to start yelling or nagging or withholding sex or manipulating or spending money or keeping the kids away or, or blowing up or... doesn't matter, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to overpower him because I don't want to be overpowered. Right. And we already know, you, dear listener, already know that if you have been doing that in your relationship, it never works. No, it really doesn't. It never makes the other person go, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Genuinely sorry. They don't have contriteness. They might give in and become really passive aggressive. They might give in and become really resentful you don't have an intimate marriage at that time no. you don't have deep connection and vulnerability you don't have uh, a relationship that is securing and connected in any any way shape or form right or you can do the other thing which is screw you you don't make me happy anymore i'm out of here i'm just yeah. going to cut my losses and because you're a horrible human being i'm going to leave right that has been the predominant choice for so many people who are in these bad marriages in these right. bad relationships But this idea of tactical empathy, when someone is being selfish and hurtful, clearly, not even an argument, this person is clearly in the wrong, but I am the one who's being hurt by this. How do I respond? We already know that the overpowering tactic doesn't work. And so I'm gonna choose something different. I'm not gonna try to overpower my husband who is being hurtful to me. I'm gonna move into tactical empathy. I'm gonna try to understand him. And still have a realistic picture of the of the situation that's going on. You're not going to just turn off your intellectual brain and go, oh, everything's fine. We're going to live in happy land now <laughs> right. and have this that's, magical thinking as no, well. that's, that's, that's not. That's foolish. Again, Chris Foss never did that in these negotiations. He doesn't go, oh, this person's just having a bad day and that's why they kidnapped somebody. No. He understands that who he's working with and the severity of the situation. He ha- He's really clear on where the power lies but he's able to get further in the process. He's able to actually get communication to open up, to have relationships start to be built, and to have problems solved when one person, not two, one person, is moving into that listening, question asking, non-interrogation, but genuinely trying to understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from position. Once you have that and you have more clarity on the situation, now you're able to make better situations that aren't reactive. They tend to be right. proactive. Now this isn't a guarantee that you're going to save your marriage, but it means that you're not going to lose your marriage because you have two super pissed off people who right. are just in their survival brains trying to survive. You still might end up not being able to make the marriage work because you have one truly unhealthy person, but you have much more clarity around that. You have much more uh, resolve around where the problem lies, and it's not me, it's him, or it's not me, it's her in some way. Right. It's always better when one person is thinking rationally and making good decisions when another person is highly irrational and hurtful and and behaving inappropriate. Right. Now, here's the problem. Not everybody can be a negotiator like that. Right. That requires a high level of self-awareness, and emotional regulation right. and maturity within yourself when you are the one who is being hurt.
1: hurt. For sure,
0: our survival brains, everybody's. Okay, everybody's brain goes, "You screwed me. Watch what I'm going to do in return." Or, right. hell no, I'm out of here. And you just turn around and bolt. Uh-huh. It is hard to fight our survival brain and to keep our survival brain from making things worse. But it is possible there are there are ways that you can learn how to how to stay grounded and rational and practice that tactical empathy which now means you have a greater chance of actually dealing with the real problems in your marriage right. or at least creating the environment for your for your spouse your husband or your wife who's struggling with this issue to Get the answers that they need right. in some way. Right. This is not the easy way. Here's here's where the rub is in my head. Again, I'm I'm a guy who likes to create programs that are generally easy to do. They're simple to follow. Um, they don't take a huge investment of time, energy, or money. But you get a big bang, a right. big return for your investment. Big bang for your buck. I don't think that. I can build that program. I want to. I am trying to figure out how to build that program where it, where I get to say, yes, you are sitting with a horrible spouse, but you don't want to end your marriage yet. Then here's how to endure it. Because that's the word you have to do. You have to right. endure it. You're not going to be happy. Right. You're not going to be fulfilled and you're going to be giving 80% and they're only going to be giving less than that, 20%, 10%. Right. Because you're doing all the work. right? And again, that survival ring goes, that's unfair. I don't like that. Paul, what you're saying drives me crazy. You're out of your mind to expect that. I don't want to be mistreated. I was mistreated in my past relationship like that, and I've had enough, and I am never going to do that again. And so you are guarded against that. And I understand that. I recognize that. I am not here saying in any way that you are morally superior if you can do that. I am saying practically you're going to, rescue more hostages when you can maintain that maturity and that tactical empathy and deal with the a, a incredibly different difficult situation from a non-reactive state than from a reactive hurtful get even vengeance state right does this make sense so far
1: it is it it is it, it i'm i'm wouldn't make a very good negotiator <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your honesty,
0: and I don't think you're alone in that. Right. I don't think you're alone in that. It is hard to do, and yet I'm going to suggest we are called to do this.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Because all I know is, is I'm not a perfect husband. Sometimes I am mean and Grumpy. hurtful towards you. right. And that doesn't give you permission to to mistreat me back, even though it's understandable why you would want to mistreat me back. Sure. And I know you don't want to do that, but your survival brain kicks in. Right. But does it ever help make the situation better? Of
1: course not. No. Never does. Definitely not. So
0: we're just playing a game of odds right now. If there's a 100% chance of it being terrible or a 50% chance of it being terrible, which one would you take? Well, the 50, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so those are better odds, much better odds. Yeah.
1: So, so for people who have never heard of tactical empathy until this moment, can you give some, some, maybe some examples of what tactical empathy would look like? I know you mentioned, you know, that he, that Chris Voss, he gets the the person to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But, but that doesn't really explain to people who've never heard of tactical empathy before, what, how it works, what it looks like, and maybe a a real life example of that.
0: Yeah. A real life example of that. Uh, let's take, you can use
1: one of ours if you need to, because you use tactical empathy with me, I'm sure an awful lot.
0: Um, I do something that hurts your feelings. I can't even have an example right now. I just can't think of one, but it's obvious that I've done something that has hurt your feelings. It is so easy for me to be in my defensive brain when you approach me and go, "You know what? I'm I'm mad at you, honey."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What did I do? Hear the tone there already? What did right. I do? What's your problem? Like, right, it's your fault. Exactly. Tactical empathy is obviously you're mad at me. I can see that, and I can see that you're you're. Um, energy levels real high. I can see that you've just told me that you're mad at me. I don't want you to feel that way. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Tell me what I did that made you feel that way. That opens the door to to saying you have the floor. You can say anything you want about what you are feeling. What tactical empathy doesn't look like is when you go 10 minutes ago, you said this and blah, 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 blah. If the minute I go, I did not. I'm no longer in tactical empathy. I'm in defensive brain. I am thinking about me and do I look good? Am I being accused of something and trying to protect myself? I am no longer listening to you or trying to understand your feelings. So tactical empathy, when you say that 10 minutes ago, you did this thing. Tell me more about that. We were sitting in there and was it my tone? Was it my eye roll? Was it the words that I said? I want to understand what you said and and i have to do that in a genuine way by the way if i say it in a what did i say really was well, it my eye roll
1: exactly the, no, there's something about that that yeah. makes me have to prove to you yes
0: so this is a non proving and it's communicated non verbally usually through tone and you have to kind of call it out again I know you're still mad at me. I'm really trying to understand what I did. I Was it my tone? Was it my eyeballs here? I'm not trying to be defensive. I want to understand why that hurt you so bad. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your experience.
1: Right. And so, so you're looking to find what their experience yes. was, even if it's different from what your experience of the situation Absolutely.
0: was. Absolutely. And I am being accused of doing something that my survival brain is going, nah, I didn't do that. It's hard to turn off that defensiveness. It is. You can go even deeper in this. Man, I did this 10 minutes ago. Have there been other times I've done this? I mean, that's opening up the door to 29 years of every other time I've hurt you. Right. When have I done this before? Is this a theme that's been happening? I'm not aware that I've been doing this. And then when I can come back and I go, I can kind of summarize, here's what I'm hearing you say. You are feeling this and this and this and this and this. And this experience comes from this and this and this in your life. And I'm able to speak back in a way where you're going, my gosh, this guy actually understands me.
1: He gets it. He gets it. Yeah.
0: If you feel understood by me, is it easier or harder to be mad at me?
1: Well, it's way harder to stay mad at you. Yeah. Because it's like when, when someone gets you, when they understand you, it's, it's this validation that you, it's palpable. Yeah. Well, for me, at least it is. It's just like, it's almost like you can breathe again. Yeah. There's a, a weight that's lifted. And especially if that has never happened before. Yeah. Or doesn't happen very often. It's just like, oh. Yeah.
0: That's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to calm your brain where you now feel safe. You're not actually reacting out of your survival brain anymore. Now when you have two people who are not in their survival brain, their defensive brain, you have a greater chance of both of you being in your problem-solving brain and the marriage actually getting better. Right.
1: I think the hard part about tactical empathy and asking the questions and letting them just talk and share and you looking for the information. The hardest part, I think, and the, the piece of resistance for probably a lot of people is, well, if I let them do that, then I'm admitting to doing Ooh, what they're accusing me of right. doing, whether I did or didn't. Yes, yes. And, and people don't want to do that. They don't want to, especially if they really don't feel like they did it. And maybe they really didn't do whatever it is the person is saying. Yeah. And at that point, they certainly don't want to do anything that would make them say that, yes, I agree with you. I did do this. Right. You know what I mean? I do. I and do. and so tactical empathy is you have to make a switch in your mind that this is more about learning about your spouse and understanding them and their underlying things, yeah. the, the things that that. Really, they feel deeply yeah. and those core issues for them. Yeah. This this is beyond just admitting right or wrong. This is becoming a, a student
0: of your spouse. Very much. Very much so. now Here's the bad news. This is where the model breaks down a little bit. And I recognize the the weakness of it. Chris Voss, once he gets all the um, hostages released, he doesn't have to be in a relationship with the narcissist. <laughs> right. Or the psychopath. They're usually serving time or dead. Sure. He isn't invested in a long term relationship with them. and that that provides a little bit of an easy out to offer this to people because you don't have to stay in relationship to them. Right.
1: And, and he's not the one who has done something or caused the person to be where they're at and, and behaving the way that they're Correct. behaving. Not, not that, not that. Yeah.
0: He's not uh, being personally accused.
1: Yes. It's not, it, there's, there's not that personal relationship. Yes. So it does make it a little bit easier yes. to have that tactical empathy because yes. he's not part in any way, shape or form, part of the cause. The he doesn't have pre-relationship or post-relationship. Yeah. So yeah. That, that is a little tricky there.
0: And using tactical empathy one time doesn't magically change the character or the mental health state of this person who's been hurtful for it to you over and over and over right. again. Right, exactly. I wish it did. Man, if I could figure out that solution, I'd write that book and then retire because right. everybody would read that. Sure. But it doesn't exist. So the trick here is being able to diffuse the current situations by using tactical empathy, by having one person being in a good state of mind rather than two people in a bad state of mind. And then You can have clarity around what the next steps are in the relationship. If this is a pattern that this husband or wife is continuing to do, they have no desire to change it, they have no desire to work on it, they have no even self-awareness of it, okay, now I need to make some decisions on is it even possible to be in a long-term relationship with this person who's going to continue to be hurting me over and over and over again. Right. If they do have demonstrated, do have, that's good grammar. If they Do Do have demonstrated? If they have demonstrated remorse, contriteness, Um, self-awareness and they're just struggling with something there's a greater chance that the relationship can get better but they probably need to get some help outside of just you know the husband or the wife trying to be loving and and caring them to health they got to do their work and if they're willing to do that work then you have a greater chance that the marriage can survive all I know is what doesn't work two people trying to overpower each other will sabotage every relationship every time and there is a small group of people out there who go i am being hurt we recognize they are being hurt we don't want to see you being hurt anymore right this is how you move through that process how you endure being mistreated so that you can get clarity of mind and and be able to make the next steps as necessary right i think
1: this is this is a good
0: place a a good when when you've
1: been in this situation for a long time this is a good thing to a first step of yes. like how to start making changes or what to do yes. and it also gives you clarity around how to move forward yep. if it doesn't help not just after one try yep. but after a couple yeah so
0: if you're listening to this this is where we transition if we listen if you are listening to this and you're going Paul, it's like you've been looking in our kitchen window <laughs> and you're freaking me out because this is exactly how my relationship is. Number one, we want you to hear how unbelievably sorry we are. Yeah, this is such a painful reality. And we know um, uh, that there is no easy answers. We don't want to be the the um Mary Poppins. We don't want to be the Pollyanna of of marriage advice here. Right. We recognize there are some marriages that are, are not going to make it. But we don't want you to be hurt anymore. We don't want you to have to struggle or suffer anymore. But we also want you to be able to say, I have lived within my integrity. I've done the right things and the marriage still did not survive. Right. I know that I have taken the high road and I've done everything that is possible. And even if the marriage doesn't survive, um, I can stand with my head held high. And Bring healthy relationship and dynamics into the next relationship,
1: right? I can
0: have healthy relationship and, and healthy dynamics with my kids. My kids will be able to look at that got this years later and go, wow, mom, you had such great character. Dad, you did amazing things here because of what you endured and we want you to know how, how much of a role model you created for us, right. We we want you to know that there's more value in being a healthy human being who's stuck in a horrible situation. There is tremendous value in being that person of character. Yes. And we want you to know that you're not alone. Yep. I am actively trying to create some more resources and programs around this very theme. Um, but again there is no magic bullet there isn't just a happy solution if you have more questions around this or more clarity or you would be interested in whenever I do create whatever that program is or whatever that resource is I don't don't even know what it is yet but this is what I've been chewing on every day for many 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 months now is how do we help these people who are stuck in horrible horrible situations how do we help them find reprieve Yeah, I want to build that if you want to know about that um, you can uh, email me, paul at com or shannon at securemarriage.com and just let us know, hey, this episode struck a chord and whenever that thing comes out, we want to be on a list and we will put you on that list and give me more motivation to actually build this.
1: And, and let us know what episode it is that, that you're listening to because we get emails from people saying... Right. That episode was great, but they don't
0: tell us which, which episode <laughs> they listened
1: to. So if you yeah, could just just title. put in, in in the subject yeah. line, just put "tactical empathy." Oh, then, there then you go. Then we'll know. Boy,
0: my wife's smart. Yeah, that's why I married you. you. Make me look good. Thanks. Because <laughs> that's what it's all about. So <laughs> make you a little, look good. A little narcissistic there at the moment. Anyway, um that's just been on my heart, and I wanted to share some of that. So yeah. hopefully, that's okay, dear listener. Thanks for listening to my rant here. Um, Hopefully you see our desire is to make tools that work no matter what stage your relationship is in. Some stages are harder than others. Yep. And so we want you to know that you're not alone in this. Yep. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. That was a good one. All righty. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.